Hey, Sandra. Hey, Lisa. Kristen. What's up, girl? Are y'all ready? Oh, yeah, you know we are. Then let's do it. Let's go to the movies, ladies. Let's get some popcorn. Welcome to Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen Go to the Movies, a podcast where three movie geeks, that would be us, talk to award-winning directors, actors, screenwriters, costume designers, and more about their work. We also dish on their favorite movies, movie moments, and share our own faves, too. I'm Lisa France, and I'm a senior writer for CNN Entertainment. I'm Sandra Gonzalez. I'm also a senior reporter for CNN covering TV and film. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, former host of the Movie Date podcast, currently a host of the podcast By the Book, and I'm also the author of So You Want to Start a Podcast, which is available in August. This is the official podcast of CNN's new TV series, The Movies, which you can watch on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. I've seen the series, and it's amazing. So good. So you know, after you're done listening to our podcast, you should definitely check that out. A little bit later in this episode, we'll be talking to Trace Lissette from the Golden Globe award-winning series Transparent. But first, let's play our game again. Just a refresher for our listeners uh, who may not remember how it goes. Imagine you're stranded on a desert island or stuck in that Twilight Zone episode where the apocalypse has happened and you're the sole survivor. But in this case, there's a TV somewhere that still works. Woohoo. Yay for you. And you only get to watch five movies for the rest of your life. Which five movies do you choose? On the last episode, Lisa gave us her picks. They were fabulous. Thank you. Uh, And now I'm going to tell you mine. And uh, this was a a huge labor for me, ladies. Uh, There was almost a spreadsheet. There were 50 text messages to my poor sister who at the end was like, I I don't know. I don't care. You know what you were doing? (laughs) You know what you were doing? What was I doing? The most. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so shocked, Lisa. You know me. I have met you. Also, Type A+. Plus. Can we just point out, Lisa, I just have to give you props because you were put on the spot when we did this and you had no time to do any research Thank at all. Thank you. I did you, not phone a friend like Sandra did. You just, just put totally that out there. totally pulled it out of your pocket and threw five movies on the table. Boom, 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 boom. You just yes. did it. And yeah. yeah. Popping my collar. Yeah. But I do I do admire your research and your intensive care that you put into this, Sandra. There, there's a whole list by genre because I wanted a genre mix, like a proper um, ode to every sort of genre I love. So here's the list. My five movies are... Love Actually, A League of Their Own, mm. Steel Magnolias, okay. Lion King, okay. and Edward Scissorhands. Now, I need to explain this. Yes, Harry Potter would normally be on my list. <laughs> You're but wearing a Harry Potter wearing shirt a Harry right Potter now shirt. in the studio. But I thought, like, if the apocalypse has happened... They haven't taken away my books, so I'd still be able to enjoy the literature Ah. of Harry Potter, so I don't need the movie. And then with everything else, I sort of wanted a genre balance. So, like, in Love Actually, I have many romances in one movie versus, like, Titanic, which was in my early iterations of this list. And that's just one. That's That's just one romance. That's just one. Like, please, give me the multiple storylines. A League of Their Own, Female Empowerment, Steel Magnolias, Makes Me Cry. Edward Scissorhands is just a movie that's close to my heart, as is Lion King, which also scratches the musical itch. So I have a question. Uh Are you excited for the new Lion King? Of course. No, I mean, like, (laughs) I don't feel like you really are, because, of course, like, I'm a Beyonce stan, part of the hive, so I would have been like, yes, are you kidding me? Beyonce, Lion King, give it to me. You're like, of course. It's a skeptics, yes, because I I have my reservations about a shot-for-shot remake of a movie I love so much, and that's kind of perfect on its own. I'll tell you what sold me on it, though. James Earl Jones returning to do Mufasa. Mufasa. Mm. My my late father used to do an amazing impersonation of James Earl Jones. Oh. And 
And when they got him back, I was like, oh, oh, it's going to tug on my heartstrings. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. So sweet. I'm so I'm so ready for it. Wow. Well, I love all the thought you put into these movies because you're really covering the bases of what am I going to need when the end of the world is here? I'm going to need female empowerment. I'm going to need something that pulls up my heartstrings. I'm going to need variety. I'm going to need a lot of different things. I'm going to need Weeza. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You need it. You're going to need some Hakuna Matata. You're going to need it all. I love it. Yeah. And I have to say, as a Dolly super fan, I'm really glad you have at least one Dolly pick in there. Right? Yes. Thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you. Dolly makes everything better. So fantastic pick, Sandra. Thank you. I'm looking forward to telling you guys what mine are in the next episode. And just a reminder to our listeners, we want you to play along too. Go on Twitter and use the hashtag My5Movies. That's My, the number five, movies, and tell us, if you could watch only the same five movies for the rest of your life, what would they be? And make sure to tag us at CNN Podcasts so we can see what you chose. All right, ladies, are we ready for today's guest? Way ready. Oh, yes. yes. Let's get to it. Trace Lissette is best known for her role as Shay on the Golden Globe award-winning series Transparent. She's a trailblazing trans actress and producer, and this fall you'll be able to see her in the Transparent musical finale and also on the big screen together with, oh my gosh, listen, Jennifer Lopez and Cardi B in the movie Hustlers. Trace Lissette, welcome to the podcast. We are so thrilled to have you with us today. Oh my God. Thank you for that lovely intro. I'm happy to be here. So first, can we just talk about this transparent musical Mm -hmm. uh, finale? Um, OMG, we are so there. How much fun (laughs) was it to film a musical series finale? Can you reveal any details? Uh, OMG was definitely the thought I had when they told me it was going to be a musical because I was like, what the f***? A musical. Um, but then I was like, oh, a musical. Once we started shooting and I saw the music or heard the music and um, how they were kind of centering on Judith Light and oh. the national treasure that she is, yes. I was just like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. Mm. Um, and so it was just it, uh, the pendulum had to swing for me. And I was like, OK, I'm on board. This is cool. And had you yeah. ever? And I've you- never I mean, I haven't done a musical since like. I was in grade school. Um, I think it was like Melvin the Magnificent, and I was Melvin. So, <laughs> so now I was like, I don't know, probably in third grade or something. Oh, please yeah. let there be footage of that. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> probably has it. We need it on YouTube. Stats. My God, the metamorphosis. <laughs> now, there seems to have been such a resurgence of the musical over the past decade from Glee to like the recently released Mary Poppins sequel. Mm-hmm. I feel like kids growing up today are kind of getting a taste of old Hollywood in that way. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of films like Singing in the Rain and The King and I. When you were growing up, was there were you a fan of musicals? or um, And if so, which ones? Hmm. I was a fan of um, The Wiz. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that the best? Yes. We actually did that in my elementary school as well. I was... Um, Ooh, can you sing a little bit? Um, ease on down the road. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Get it. I was um, Toto and part of the Running Man Tornado. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Fabulous. So, you know, 
Hollywood was in my future. Right. You went to an and amazing I, elementary school. I fainted school. in my dog costume. <laughs> oh, oh, did you faint? I, I fainted. Oh. Had to like stumble off stage and I woke up to a 7-Up Popsicle. I don't know if you guys remember those. Yo, I those do. Are oh dope. my God. Yeah. Those are so dope. Yeah. So that's my memory of the Wiz. Again, footage. <laughs> I need anybody out there who has footage of Trace right. doing this. We but you it. clearly weren't forced into these musicals. Like if you liked them, um, you were like a willing participant to Yeah, I mean, Toto. well, it was like not really, I mean, it was the play that the school was doing so it was like okay you know (laughs) but like yeah they were fun i love musicals i mean speaking of childhood like memories we all have had that experience of watching a movie that we were probably a little bit too young Mm. to be watching i know i do um is there a movie that you saw as a kid that you were just way too young to be watching um hmm i don't know i mean i don't know if i was too young but um sharon stone in Basic, basic, basic thing. Thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I regret seeing it. I was just like, whoa, she owns herself and her body. And how old were you? I was a kid. I don't I don't remember. When did that come out? Oh, gosh, oh, like gosh. over 20 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm too young to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember her bearing all on screen and, you know, just being so unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. And so I live for her for that because... Yes. Um, I'm all about ownership of my body mm-hmm. on my terms and showing it on my terms. Yes. Um, and so that was like, I, I don't I don't know that I was too young, but like um, uh, it was definitely like pushing the envelope, probably. Yeah. When she yeah. was opening and closing those legs. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, you watch I, it at I, home? I think she's legendary for that. Yeah, and, she, and she's also a very talented actress. So I hope that she is. that doesn't you know, overshadow her career anyway, just because that was a big moment Yeah, because she's just so goddamn talented. Um, yeah. And to me, she felt like the good guy in the movie. I know yeah. she's supposed to be the bad guy in the movie, but uh-huh. that's good acting. It's really oh, good yeah. acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch this movie at home with your parents like, okay? Or did you have to go to the theater and sneak into it? I feel like it was a blockbuster rental. Yeah. <laughs> One of those rentals yeah. where you yeah. switch the cover I and the like film. I it was a blockbuster rental. I don't know. My mom was pretty progressive. So was mine. Yeah. Isn't it weird growing up that way? Because everybody wants to come to your house. single mom, so she had to do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. she was a school teacher teacher raising two kids on her own and it was just like maybe she rented basic instinct and i watched it I know. <laughs> like r.i.p blockbuster right do, do you remember the first film you saw in a movie theater it might not have been the first but it was i'm sure it was one of the first um uncle buck oh, oh wow. my gosh <laughs> with john candy yes. and gabby who, who is now a co-star hilarious of mine, wow crazy. have you ever oh mentioned this to her i don't know that i have no oh, you now, she knows. <laughs> now she knows right <laughs> i don't know that i have yeah that's crazy oh she's a great actor too yeah and, she and, is oh r.i.p john yeah. candy yes yeah. absolutely oh, he's brilliant he was just gold on screen he yeah. really was yeah. he brought the warmth and uh was not afraid to right. uh be self-effacing and yeah. um, funny in the goofiest ways yeah. my family was definitely a comedies in the theater type people like we would all go to see like a christmas vacation which was also kind of inappropriate i guess yeah. <laughs> um but like the uncle bucks and that we yeah. I always went to the theaters to see comedies. Never, never dramas as a family. Yeah, mm. I mean, hold on. Do you guys remember what your first movie was? Uh, Lion the King. Yours was The Lion King. Lion King, nineteen ninety four. I guess I was like seven. I was kind of older, I guess. But it's the first one I remember seeing in the theater. Mine yeah. was a drive-in movie though with my parents, and I can't Ooh, remember. It was fun. it was um, 
Oh gosh, it's the one where like people became zombies and their eyes glowed. But I remember there was nudity in it. Like I was supposed to be sleep in the back seat, but there was like interracial lovemaking happening, mm. and so there was no way I was going to sleep. Oh no! Like, you know, and and again, now I think about it, like this was near a, a major highway, and so there are black boobs on a big old <laughs> screen, and people are just like driving by. And I said to my, I remember saying to my parents when I was like an adult, I was like, "Why did you take me to see that?" And my father was like, "Your mother said you would sleep all the way through it." And I was like, clearly I did not because I remember like massive black breasts and they were gorgeous breasts. But now I'm thinking about everybody who drove by and got to see that. I mean, it was pre-HBO, y'all. She was just owning her body. She was owning her body. Yes. Bringing it back to what Trace was saying all along. What's important? Full circle. Women owning their bodies. Do you like horror movies at all, Trace? Zombie Um, movies or any of those? I can sometimes get into them. Yeah. Um, I saw one called The Witch which was really scary. And then I just saw a screening of Midsummer. Mm. How was that? Oh, my God. Is it too scary? It was really intense. Can you break the embargo? I went with <laughs> my boyfriend, and he loved it. I don't know what I can say and not say about it. I mean, some of the the gore was just, I'm, I'm not, like, partial to gore, but, but it was brilliant overall. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. So it's definitely worth seeing. Was well the witch the cool. one where they, like, float at the end? Is that the one you're thinking of? Um, They're, like, on a settlement and they oh yeah all that's the one with the weird ending yeah i don't so i have a pet peeve about horror movies that are great until the ending and then they just fall off and i'm like what the heck was that yeah, like yeah. that was one of those movies for me where i was yeah, like it was oh this is great really until the end yeah <laughs> the ending was twisted yeah. it was i'm curious when was the first time that you remember watching a movie and feeling like you were seeing someone on screen who looked like you or reminded you of yourself and by reminded you of yourself, Gosh. that can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. It can mean the yeah. household you grew up in. It can right. mean in any other way that you felt seen. Mm. You know, it's been kind of scarce for us trans folk uh, in terms of like seeing trans actors on in film specifically. Like TV, yeah. TV we're making some headway um, just now. But I think um, back in the day, oof, it's like a, it's a hard thing for me to pinpoint um but not related to the trans part of it i think i really loved sarah connor in the terminator linda hamilton who played sarah connor. arm goals um arm goals <laughs> oh my god are you also good at beating up robots um i think i could be <laughs> i think i could be really good at that and so i just adored her and also um sigourney weaver in alien mm. um, strong women yes. yeah i always gravitated towards warrior women you know i watched american gladiators on saturday mornings and i watched xena the warrior princess and she-ra and i don't know i just always wanted to be like that flojo was like my idol Mm. um so strong women yeah Yeah. water seeks its own level so you're a warrior so i get it i see it absolutely (laughs) and i mean i i just think that's such a good answer because you know a lot of us are going to give answers of something that is not powerful, but something that might be sad or speaks mm. to the parts of us that we're more ashamed of or yeah. that we're more embarrassed of. And I love that you chose mm. movies that aren't about shame at all. They're about mm. owning who you are and yeah. being glorious and being strong and killing robots <laughs> and doing all those things that you need to do. What about you guys? 
I was rewatching Paris is Burning mm-hmm. um, today and just watching. I love seeing that sense of community because I have such a love for other. Mm-hmm. And so seeing people back then, especially in 1987 and 1989, we were so far from where we are now. Yeah. So to see these people who were like, you're going to recognize me. And if you don't recognize me, if you don't give me an Academy Award, baby, I'm going to go walk a ball and snatch a trophy for myself. Right. And just, the, you know, just seeing people celebrate mm-hmm. who they were at a time when they were not being seen at all. Mine was not high-minded at all. It was Harriet the Spy. (laughs) That's iconic. (laughs) Because she carried around a notebook and was always in everybody's business and I was 100% that kid. Mm. Like, my mom has this old um, like stapled edition of House News where I was like spying on my sisters and writing down what they were doing. It's like, House News, Lucy gets a new haircut. (laughs) So I really related to Harriet the Spies just being in everybody's business. You're a snitch, though. I'm from Baltimore. I I can't co-sign that. (laughs) I just have to say for myself, I was so desperate to see other Asian people on Mm -hmm. screen in any form at all. And they usually just weren't there. And mm-hmm. I remember as a little, little, little kid, there was this Kelgon uh, detergent commercial. Mm. And the tagline was ancient Chinese secret. Mr. Chang, how do you get your clothes so clean? Ugh. And he would say ancient Chinese secret. Mm. And then he would say, it's really Kelgon. And I remember getting so excited to see those commercials because they were the only place I saw someone who oh, looked like me. Yeah. And then looking back on it, I'm just like, this is so horrible. And I'm so glad we're in this new era now where there's so many different kinds of stories finally being told. And I mean, we're going to get back to that more, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll continue our conversation with Trace Lissette after this. Welcome back. We're still here with Trace Lissette, who stars in the Amazon original series Transparent. So, Trace, in 2018, it was announced that Scarlett Johansson would be the lead actor in a biopic called Rub and Tug, which is the story of a trans man who led a prostitution ring in the 1970s and 80s. You came out publicly and criticized that casting choice, and we should say that Johansson has since dropped out of the project. Can you talk a bit about why you were critical of a cis actress being cast in that role? I mean, I think everybody here at this table knows why, Mm -hmm. but for our listeners. Yeah, I think I just got frustrated with um, seeing cis actors portray us on screen over and over and over and then winning awards for um, for playing us. Uh, and we can do it in a more nuanced, authentic way. And very few times we've actually been given the opportunity to play ourselves. And the other side of that coin is also um, we don't really get brought in for the bigger mainstream cisgender roles. So it's like, well, if we can't play ourselves and we can't play you guys, you know, what? Where do we fit? Are we just non-existent? Are we being erased? So it was just out of that frustration because it felt like a lot of times cis actors want to portray something extremely far away from their own reality so that they can win some awards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like awards bait. And it's exploitive to our stories and our journeys and our struggle because it's not really their story to tell without us. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's a costume in a way. It's wearing someone's yeah. identity as a costume almost. And, and I'm all for actors being able to play everything if the playing field is equal, but the playing field is not equal. That's a great point. And that's that's the point Jamie Clayton and I were trying to make is that everything is not equal. So, you know, some people will argue, well, don't you want to play cis roles? Yeah, I, I do. And I and actually have, um, not, not as often, but... Um, if we can't get in those rooms, then why are you taking all the big, like the Danish girl and the, you know, mm, all the leading yes, trans yes, roles, right. um, Jared Leto in uh, Buyers Club and, you know, Dog Day Afternoon and, you know, all these nominations and these awards for playing something that you're not and playing it the way you think that we are instead of letting us play the way that we actually are. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan to level the playing field? Um, I mean, my my. No. <laughs> I speak out. I try to use social media as an amplifier. I know a lot of us are frustrated, but we also don't want to alienate Hollywood because we're, you know, grateful of the opportunities we've been given, obviously. Um, but it's also hard to just stay silent when things like this just keep happening. I think that is a way of leveling the playing field because for so long, so many of us who are not considered the dominant class um, are being forced to stay silent. And you're choosing yeah. not to stay silent. Mm-hmm. You make the decision to speak up and you are getting those roles and yeah. you are winning all of that attention. And it's well-deserved. You're doing a great job. And I think that in and of itself is an act of affirmation and a protest right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I, I sometimes worry, you know, when I see... Uh, People, everybody's struggling to get in when you're not, like you said, part of the dominant ones. Um, and I worry sometimes that we play the diversity Olympics, you know. Yeah. It should be a place at the table for everybody. Absolutely. You know, but it, it feels like we, people feel like they have to pick. Like, I'm going right. to support this thing and then that's my thing. Or I'm going to support, you know, Black folks and Black Panther and that's my thing. And yeah. everybody should have an opportunity. Yeah, I think that all marginalized folks should be cheering along one another. And I'm... I love the cis allies that we have, um, and I would never, you know, want to box in a cis actor either. It's just until we have true equality, it's it's just kind of a hard thing to justify. Mm. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. Who, who gave you your first big break? My first big break um, was Law and Order, mm. SVU. Oh, so New York. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> That rite of passage yes. uh, played a prostitute on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Uh, did you get to die? I did not die. Oh, I got I'm to sorry. I got great, to make though. out with um, Dean Winters. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's chaos um, and yeah, commercials. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really intense for me because I wasn't out as trans at the time. So I remember just this constant like. I don't know, uneasiness on set. And like, I had just done an independent action film that went to a film festival in Times Square. And um, they were trying to get, you know, drum up interest from people. And then it came out that I was trans and the producer shelved the film. So that had like just happened. Not because of that. Because I was trans. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Oh my God. So then, you know, I was kind of on edge, you know, at Law and Order and. Um, and then eventually I just said, F- it. I'm going to audition for trans roles too. Mm-hmm. And I booked, um, transparent like a few months later. Wow. Good for you. When did you know you wanted to pursue a career in acting? And was there like a specific film or character in a movie that you saw and thought like, that's what I want to do? 
No, it was a, a rock bottom moment. Um, and I was a stripper in New York mm-hmm. here, and I was just, you know, a few years into it and ready to get out of it. Because prior to that, I was, you know, a sex worker in the West Village. I didn't go to college, was estranged from my mother. All the things, all the things that you think of when you think of like trans people being marginalized and what mm-hmm. we go through. Um, and didn't have skills for life, really. And so a guy, a friend of mine was like, you know, you have this presence. You just have this potential. You should really like think about taking an acting class. And his name is uh, Karabi Fubara. Um, so Karabi, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but thank you so much. We're still loosely in touch. But, um, you know, that was the nudge I needed because I didn't really ever have anyone tell me like you know you'd probably be good at this or you'd probably be good at that um i just didn't get that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of kids get that growing up and i just you know i for whatever reason i didn't and i was still figuring out who i was on my own Mm -hmm. um and so he he nudged me and was like invest in yourself when did you start to believe that Mm. I didn't start believing it until probably Law and Order. I was getting ready to quit. Mm. Wow. Um, I was sleeping on an air mattress at a friend's house in their living room. So technically homeless. Um, just ready to give up on the New York dream and mm. go back to Dayton, Ohio, where I grew up, which is there's like not much opportunity there. Um, and then this came along and, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should be doing this. As a former dancer, did you and Cardi B compare notes? <laughs> movie? No, we sadly we only got to work one day with each other. We did a uh, like one or two scenes, um, so we didn't get to like have too much personal one-on-one conversation outside of the scene. But um, but yeah, I adore her and all she stands for—the realness and the authenticity of. Her and J-Lo are both like self-made women to me, and I deeply identify with that. Doesn't J-Lo look like a hologram in real life? Anytime I've seen her in person, I'm like, you're not real. She looks incredible. She She looks incredible, yeah. She's so sweet, too. Can't wait to see all you guys on screen, because you all are banging. Yeah. Banging. Yeah, the the lineup is crazy. Those women are amazing. Do you have any other projects coming up that you can talk to us about? Um, I did an episode of David Makes Man on um, OWN mm-hmm. with Terrell Alvin McCraney, who's a friend of mine. He wrote Moonlight mm-hmm. um, with Barry love Jenkins. Um, and I love the character so much. It's kind of a throwback to my past in a way. Um, the character's name is Femi, and she's kind of a den mother of sorts. And I, that's all I'll say because okay. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> but um, she's tough, and she's kind of like... She's kind of like the less refined side of me that I sometimes glaze over for Hollywood and respectability politics. And so it's nice to be able to dive into that. Mm. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to ask you about if there's anybody that you idolize in the industry. I mean, mm. other, other than J-Lo and Cardi B, who we all idolize. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are there people whose performances you look at and think, oh, I'm uh, inspired by this. this goals. Is, yeah. Yes. Goals. Uh, Angela Bassett in What's Love Got to Do With It. Oh, yes. I still oh. feel like she should have won yes. all the awards. Also, an so Oscar. All she, of it. She goes through or a every nomination, at least. feeling on the planet. And right. Every emotion she has. Yeah. Nicest yeah. woman in the world, by the way. Yes. <laughs> She's lovely. Yes. I never hung out with her, but I've seen her at award shows and stuff. She's stunning. Um, Glenn Close, I love. Who else? Oh. Those are some pretty good ones. Yeah. yeah I, I like. <laughs> 
I like a really centered, stern woman. I like a stern <laughs> set. <laughs> I don't know why I gravitate towards that, um, but I do. All right, Trace, before we let you go, we have one final question. Okay. In our series, we're asking each of our guests a question we're calling My Five Movies. So here we go. You're trapped on a desert island, but there is a TV on this island. And for the rest <laughs> of your life on this island, you can only watch the same five movies over and over and over and over again. Oh, my God. What five? are the five movies you're going to choose? Okay, so the first one... It's kind of obscure, so uh, maybe you can try to hunt for it. It's called Princessa. It's an Italian film, so there's subtitles, and it's about a Brazilian trans girl who goes from uh, Brazil to Italy to um, make money. She's a sex worker, make money um, for her sex change operation, and she sends money back to her mom, and it's... Not a happy, joyful film, very, you know, for the most part. But um, it's one of the only times I've ever seen a trans woman lead a feature. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a trans actress by the name of Ingrid D'Souza. Um, and I'll keep speaking her name until someone gives her a job again, because I haven't seen her work since. And she was brilliant. Um, let me think what else. Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Um, Alien's oh a God. scary pick if you're trapped on a desert island. Yeah. I mean, props to you. That's some bravery. <laughs> but watching aliens, not knowing what's on um, the island. Maybe The Notebook. Oh. <laughs> okay. So sweet. Hearts for Ryan Gosling. Yes, hearts oh. for Ryan Gosling. Hearts for yeah. Ryan. Um, yeah. Moonlight. Yeah. Oh, Fabulous yes. pick. Uh, what is that? Four. That's four. four. Yeah. One more. Probably Paris is Burning. Yeah. That's a good one. Real good one. Oh, that is such a good list. That's really good for off the top of your head. I was telling you. Yeah, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. So, yeah. No, that was really, that was grand. Yes, that is such a process usually, but you just nailed five fantastic movies there. You can catch Trace Lissette in the transparent musical finale and also on the big screen alongside Jennifer Lopez and Cardi B in the movie Hustlers this fall. Trace Lissette, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. All right. Don't go anywhere. More of Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen go to the movies right after this break. I was watching an episode of CNN's new series, The Movies, and it made me think about a secret I harbor. My husband believes I have a serious problem, so consequently I try not to do it around him anymore. I did it so much when we first got married that one day he stood in front of me and said, you do realize that this is not at all normal, right? So now I try to sneak it in when he's not at home or sometimes when he's upstairs practicing his keyboard. I just can't seem to help myself. He catches me often, but I don't care. I just ready myself for a snarky comment or at the very least, a massive eye roll. Before your mind starts going in all types of directions and I have to whack you, I'll share with you my obsession. But it has to stay between us, okay? An omerta, as it were. I cannot stop watching the movie Goodfellas. It's bad, y'all. 
At one point, I would come home from work every day and put it on. I'm now down to about two or three times a week. I can hear you rolling your eyes, just like my significant other, and I'm totally okay with that. The 1990 mobster film starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci is so brilliantly executed, pardon the pun, on screen that I can't look away. Based on the real-life story of mob associate-turned-government star witness Henry Hill, it's a tale of how he went from a boy who falls in love with organized crime to losing it all. Pesci alone was worth the price of admission as his portrayal of mobster Tommy DeSimone is a masterclass in how to play a ruthless killer. The film sent me down a rabbit hole of reading everything I could about the real-life people behind the characters, including the book by Nicholas Pileggi that the movie is based on. I wasn't able to see Goodfellas multiple times when it was playing in theaters because I was younger then and definitely broke. But once it was on DVD and later streaming, it became my jam. I've even DVR'd the sanitized versions from television because if I'm honest, I'm not as big a fan of the profanity and violence as I am the total film. That may sound strange for someone who professes to love a movie that would seem to glorify mob life, but the thing is, it doesn't really. Directed by the master of cinema, Martin Scorsese, Goodfellas is actually an unflinching look at why there is nothing glamorous at all about being in the mafia. Yet still we can't help but love such films. Long before The Godfather, there was the 1927 silent film Underworld, which set the template for movies about the rise and fall of a gangster. While most of us, I hope, have no desire to break either the law or legs, we recognize that these stories are in many ways as American as apple pie. At their heart, they are about familiar bonds, traditions, ambition, and reaching for a life better than the one that you have. It's about being almost fearless in pursuit of whatever you want. And well within us, whether we want to admit it or not, there's a tiny bit of admiration for people who have the will to do whatever it takes. At the same time, we're repelled by those who hurt others and commit violent acts. On this front, mob movies still satisfy us because, spoiler alert, the truly evil people always get their comeuppance in the form of either death or incarceration. There usually is no happily ever after when your career has been built on destroying other people's lives. With all that, how can you not love these films? I can't. So much so that Goodfellas has become an integral part of my how cool are you and I going to be test when I meet new people. If I say funny how and don't get back a rapid fire funny how like I'm a clown like I amuse you. I know that we can only go but so far in this thing of ours. And that's a wrap, as they say. If you're like us and can't get enough movies in your life, check out CNN's new TV series, The Movies, airing Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on CNN and on CNN.com slash go. From executive producers Tom Hanks, Gary Getzman, and Mark Herzog, The Movies is a fascinating exploration of movies throughout the decades, and it shows the cultural, societal, and political shifts that frame the evolution of American cinema. You can also visit CNN.com slash The Movies for more. And if you liked this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app and subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating or a comment. 
This episode was produced by Amy Eason, Elizabeth Roberts, and Emma Sislowski. This is Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen go to the movies. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 